Welcome to The Immigrant's Way with immigration attorney Margaret W. Wong. She came to America in 1969 and worked in various jobs while pursuing her education. After graduating from law school and being fired three or four times, she started her own law firm in 1977 with one desk and no secretary. In 40 years, she has built her immigration law practice into one of the largest in the United States. This podcast is her opportunity to help you achieve your American dream. She will be breaking down complex immigration law topics week by week. Follow her on social media at Margaret W. Wong and Associates for tips, news, and inspirational immigrant stories. Enjoy. Good morning. How are you? Today is December 11, 2019, and uh, my name is Margaret Wong, W-O-N-G. I'm a practicing immigration lawyer, and I would like to talk about the new H-1B rules today. Uh, new H-1B rules came in last Friday afternoon stating that instead of doing the whole H-1B package, paying all the thousands of dollars of filing fee, and then wait till May or June or July to see if you got into the number, and then see, and if not, if you didn't get in, they reject it and give you your money back. New rules came in um, saying that you just have to fill out a form from the USCIS.com uh, Gulf web and once your number is called and reached they normally because there's 65,000 on bachelor's degree and 20,000 on master's degree um, if your number is reached then you file the whole case which really makes a lot of uh, jobs easier which is really good news I think because otherwise um, it's just so much work because we have some clients who have nine employers who file for them. We have to prepare nine packages and hopefully they got into the quota for one. We actually had a client last year that he got two because the whole thing about H-1B is that it's not even becoming effective. Even if you reach the quota, even if you got the approval, you get pay- you have to be paid after October 1st and start working after October 1st of the fall of the same year then you got that quota, which is good for six years. So let's assume I got my H-1B. I left the country when I'm waiting for my H-1B, America. I went back to um, Hong Kong or China to wait for the H-1B. So I could go and have my passport stamped by September 15th. I come back on September 30th or September 16th to get my, uh, to start working for the company. Now, if I want to which jobs, because I'm already on a payroll of the H-1B, I, I protected my own number. Let me give you another scenario. So for example, I got my H-1B uh, for October 1st. I decided to go back to get uh, my PhD or my MBA. So I decided not to use my H-1B, but remain in America on my OPT. That's okay also, but even though you got the H-1B, that number is not yours. Because until you get on that paycheck after October 1st of that year, you don't have that H-1B. Third scenario, let's assume I got my H-1B on October 1st, I decided another better offer came in. So could I start with a better offer on October 1st because I did get my H-1B from another employer? The answer is no, because that number is not yours until you work for the same employer. 
So the scenario becomes you can work with this H1B with this employer for maybe one or two months or few weeks. Now you can do an H1B, what we call a transfer, but technically it's really a new H1B. And now you can work for company B instead of company A. I think it's sort of mean because the company really went all out. They don't pay legal fees. They paid all these thousands of dollars of filing fee and you quit them after a few weeks. I think it's sort of mean because until we really give the program and the employers some bona fide, some loyalty, you know, why should they keep sponsoring H1B? Because H1Bs are getting more and more difficult. Let me also tell you the history of H1Bs so we understand where it came from. H1B is one of those necessary, I always call it a necessary visa of evil. You know, it's not so much evil because years and years ago, I came to America in 69. I got my law degree in 76. And I, those days we got OPT is 18 months. Nowadays it's OPT is 12 months. So, but on the other hand, nowadays you get a bachelor, you get 12 months. You get an associate, you get 12 months. You get a master, you get 12 months. You get a PhD, you get 12 months. But once you get the PhD, if you get another JD, then you don't get that 12 months, all right? So in the meantime, I need that H-1B. H-1B is a temporary working visa, the first period of which you can get three years, and the second period of which you can get additional three years, so total six years. So if you're on an H-1B already for six years, you could not get another H-1B. Versus the L-1A is five years, and the L-1 and the L-1 1B is, no, L1A is seven years and L1B is five years. So L, uh, seven years, H1B six years, and L1, uh, L1B seven years, all right? That's how you do these cases. So coming back to H1B, historically, years and years and years ago, there's really no number, no prevailing wage. So for example, a young lawyer like me, the employer could still pay me, could pay me in those days $12,000, which is not prevailing wage, and still get me an H-1B. But nowadays, under through the years with Trump and Obama and, uh, and then also under Bush, they have prevailing wage now which means that for an MBA, they have to pay the prevailing wage in that county and that state. So for MBA, the prevailing wage is about in the 50s or 60s. So if the employer couldn't afford to pay these wages, you don't qualify for H-1B. H-1B is an employer-specific, job-specific, location-specific, um, end-user-specific um, or in-house-specific uh, working visa. It's very, very tight. Also, it's a specialty occupation. So years ago, Bill Gates would not become an H-1B because he never graduated with a university degree. H-1B requires a university. For nurses, unless you're an emergency room nurse or heart surgeon nurse, you also don't qualify for H-1B. In order to be an H-1, in order to be a nurse in America, you only need an associate. That's why a lot of Filipino nurses or uh, Arabic nurses, because they have their, you know, their culture requires certain type of nursing. Um, in America, they could get a green card without a perm, but they could not get an H-1B. It, there was a time you have H-1C you know, or H-1A or stuff like that, but those are all gone. So good morning, have a great day, and I'll be in touch with you on, on rules and regulations on immigration world. I would like to also talk about um, 
additional things about maybe the next session, I would lo love to talk about the marvelous Mrs. Maisel and tell you about my own history in America. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Immigrant's Way. We hope it was helpful. Get in touch on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or our website, imwong.com, and let us know if we can help you with your immigration needs. Until next time.